Living the Principles. This podcast is hosted by Latricia Smith and Phyllis G. Williams. Living the Principles seeks to expand mindsets, express beliefs, and edify excellence in hopes of building a stronger Black community. Welcome to Living the Principles. Welcome! I am Latricia, and with me today is my co-host, Phyllis. Hey, Phyllis. Hello, everyone, difference makers out there. How are you today, Phyllis? I'm doing really well. Awesome. Last time we gave an introduction of our podcast, Living the Principles, which is based on the Kwanzaa Principles, 365 days of the year. One principle is Umoja, which means unity. Today, our topic is the sisterhood of Black women. Latricia, how would you define sisterhood? Sisterhood. I would define sisterhood as women united. Sisterhood to me is is a connection. It's a connection between women. I guess at the micro level, I see sisterhood as your girls, your crew, those women who you can always count on, always depend on to have your back no matter what. Mm -hmm. And then at a macro level, I see sisterhood as support, cheerleading, like those women you may not know, you, you may see them in passing, or you may not know them at all. You you may know them from being online. They may have a blog or they may have a podcast. They may be an author. Those are the women you're cheering on and like, yeah, she's doing her thing. She's doing her thing. Or even sometimes when you go to a corporation or to a store or someplace and you see that the top diggity dog is a black woman. And it's like, yeah, go ahead, sister. <laughs> that's, mm. that's how I see sisterhood. Wow. That is amazing because my definition was so different than yours. But as you were speaking, I could think of someone in every category that I've seen in the micro, the macro, and even just in passing of seeing a successful black woman that I cheer. I like your definition a lot because for me, my definition was simple. Somebody I trust and somebody I could be vulnerable with. To me, sisterhood is so more intimate. If I was to picture the people in my sisterhood, I wouldn't think of Michelle Obama because that's somebody that I admire. <laughs> but I like considering her in my sisterhood now because, as you said, sometimes it's just cheering for people. I also thought about another person that I know in passing. Her name is Tamika. And she doesn't know me that well, but she's always supporting me. Do you think there's just something innate about us women in a positive conversation, do you think there's something just innate with us that our natural tendency is to comfort and cheer others? Do you think that's our natural intentions? I do. I, I think that as women, we are 
naturally relational. So we gravitate towards relationships. Mm. So, yeah, I would say that that's innate. I think so, too. I think if you do have difficult gathering with other women or cheering for other women, in some fashion, you've been shaped by your experiences or you've been shaped by society. I agree with you. I have the same views that innately we are just relational, comforting individuals as a woman. But one thing I like is I love all women. I love all people. But it's just something different about hanging around a group of black women. What do you think is the difference It could be something as simple as the lingo that we're using. I think about my friends at work, and when we're having a conversation, I don't have to stop and explain something to them. Or it's like we have these inside jokes just based on our experience of growing up. I may have blue, I may see a commercial blue magic. I say, "Uh oh, you got to hold your ears with that one. (laughs) And, and they'll, they'll start laughing. They'll think about Easter Sundays, holding your ears uh, while your grandma hot combs your hair. But with other non-black people, non-black women, then you have to explain it. And then it kind of kills the intimacy or even the humor of the joke or whatever the topic is. So I think that's it also. Yeah, because you have to stop and say, okay, well, what is blue magic? You have to stop and describe it. (laughs) Well, you know, it's this hair and grease that we used to have when we were little. What I hear you saying is, as black women, we have these shared experiences. Yes, we do. We do. I haven't really had a lot of negative experiences with relationships personally, but I I have had some experiences where I've been looked up and down or people have thought something about me based on merely my appearance. So let's talk about what are some of the challenges you see when it comes to sisterhood with Black women? Hmm. I think there's division. In so many different avenues, age can create some division amongst women, I believe social class, even light skin, dark skin, size, all of these sometimes can create on the surface level, something just so vain that people don't attempt to get to know the person because they already came up with an idea in their head because they just seen the way a person carries themselves. So say, for example, you drive a Bentley. You pull up to me and get out the car and you say, hey, girl, how you doing? And in my mind, I'm like, oh, she just, she, you know how people, some people like, oh, she just trying to show off her Bentley. <laughs> yeah, when, yeah. When really she's just, that lady may just be speaking. I believe it's creating stories in our head is something that adds difficulty to sisterhood at the surface level. Yeah, I I agree. And do you think that 
it's because we fall into this comparison trap. Mm-hmm. I recently heard someone, I don't know who it was, they said comparison is an insult to God. And when I heard that, I just thought about sometimes we see somebody on a trip and we say, girl, I'm jealous of you, girl, you're always doing this. When we should just be thankful for where we are in life. I think the more self-love you have, the comparison will die out because that's for that person. Yeah, yeah. Along with the comparison trap, I think there is the competition trap. What do you think about that? I'm very, very, very fortunate that the friends that I have in my circle now, most of them are older, so I believe that eliminates a lot of that competition. But I do not see that in my life so much. But I do see it sometimes amongst other people. If my niece is telling me a story or if I'm talking to my best friend or something, I can, in my mind, see that the person they're speaking of is competing with them. And there are some people competing with you that you're cheering for. Yeah. 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 Then you're like, I think that person's competing with you. I think there is this competition of who's the boss chick. That's a new phrase that I'm starting to hear more. Boss baby, boss lady, alpha female. So I think, generally speaking, we are becoming more competitive. But I believe it's a result of insecurities. So... If you're not around that crowd, you won't have to deal with that issue. But it is something that you see when you're out in the world. I know when I was out in the workforce, I saw that more. But now that I'm not in the workforce, I don't really see it that much. So I wonder if it is mostly a thing that has to do with with work, with jobs and getting promoted and things like that. Now, I will have to say, there is, I have had some experiences where another black woman seemed to, for lack of better words, they didn't mind stepping on somebody's head if it got them to the top. But the weird thing is, by profession, I'm a teacher, so it's not like you're going to (laughs) get... You're still going to get paid based on your degree, based on your experiences. You may get a bonus for a club. So for me, the competition doesn't even have a solid grasp, depending on your feel. Yeah. And maybe, I don't know, maybe some people just fail to see it that way. But I think it's really important to acknowledge that, that we don't have to compete with each other. There's there's enough to go around. There there are enough jobs, there are enough positions. Mm-hmm. There I think another area, now that I think about it, that women compete in is with men. <laughs> I did think of that when you said it, but I don't know, because I'm single and stuff. <laughs> but I thought about that. I thought about when I was younger and I was clubbing and it'll be like, how many guys try to talk to you? (laughs) (laughs) Or somebody as a single woman, 
as somebody trying to measure up your worth based on your marriage status. Oh, well, you're single? And it's this, I have a better life than you because I'm married. What do you mean by compete with men? Yeah, and see, what you just said, that's where I, I see that as a comparison thing. Okay. I like what you said about when you, you were out clubbing and, and it's, you know, this tracking of the numbers. Well, how many guys try to talk to you? Girl, 10 talked to me. Oh, girl, 10 <laughs> talked to you. Girl, every man in the club was all over me. I think that is a competition kind of thing. Or even when you're going places with people like the club, I've seen people, you know, who dress a certain way to to go to the club. So it even becomes that who's got on the sexiest gear, who's exposing the most cleavage, who has the best makeup. I think those kind of things become competition. And you, when you were speaking, it made me think of this clip that I saw. I follow this young lady on Instagram. She's a comedian. Her name is Lala. But she was on a panel and she stated that about why are we competing against each other? Because in a sense, if I'm eating, you're eating. And I'm just going to talk about our logo, the fun tongue fufu symbol. That's It has a crocodile two crocodiles so it's two mouths but it's one stomach so and that's a dinker symbol but if you're eating i'm eating also if i become a principal and you are going to school to be a teacher you should rejoice knowing that i'm gonna put you on right exactly i think that's a mindset though i think we have to have this mindset of unity, like you said, today we're talking about umoja and unity. That's what it's all about. It's about coming together. So if I win, you win because I can bring you along. If you mm-hmm. win, I win because you can bring me along. That's the beauty of sisterhood. We mm-hmm. bring each other along. And as you were speaking, maybe you won't bring me on, but maybe now I know I can do what you did. We came from the same area and have the same experiences, but by you achieving something, it set an example for me that I can also achieve it. So that's unity also. Mm -hmm. And that brings me to the next question that I was going to ask about celebrations. How do we celebrate each other in sisterhood? And those are the things that I was thinking. I was thinking the encouragement, the inspiration, the empowerment that comes from sisterhood. Yeah, maybe mm. maybe I'm not where you are, but just the fact that you are there gives me hope. It inspires me that I can get there, too. Mm-hmm. So, so how do we encourage celebrate? each other? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm going to shout out Coach Billy C. Because I'm going to be honest, I probably was one of those women that didn't want to be bothered by other women a few years ago until I was about 30. I'm 35 now. But it, was, it happened around that age I started to want to bond with other women or at least be in their company. Well, one, I like to be by myself, but in addition to that, I was very defensive and protective being around other women because of some of my experiences. But one thing 
that led me out of that shell or out of that path or mindset was Coach Billy C. She would have events at a coffee shop. So she would have events at a coffee shop. And one thing she did was encourage us to have a sort of a sister celebration day once a year for women. And I've been doing it since 2014 now. I've done it for women. It's been jazz concerts. It may have been game night, movies, to watch something about natural hair. And I believe even that is a form of encouragement because it says, I enjoy your company. And I believe we both pour into each other just by being in the same area. And it's also verbal praise of why you're special to me. The first time I did it, I made a candy to parallel with every person in the party. So somebody somebody maybe was a jolly rancher because I felt they were always happy. Somebody maybe was turtle and there's the turtle candies because I felt they were very protective. And I think it's something as simple as writing a note on a candy bar and sticking it on somebody's desk to say, I see you and I'm proud to know you. Encouragement can be as simple as that. I think that's another way to be inspired. Like you were talking about Coach Billy C, which that's my good friend, Billy. I joke with Billy about her eclectic mix of friends. <laughs> Billy has some of the most different friends than anybody I know. And I, I even asked her one day, I, it's so interesting. How did you get to know all of these women? How did they become friends with you? Because they're all so different. Or I should say we, because mm-hmm. I'm one of them. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all so different from each other and even from her. Because of the type of spirit she has, she just attracts different type of women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But I think that's one way to be inspired because Billy, she was doing this annual luncheon for the women in her circle. And then she encouraged the other women to have luncheons also. And she really inspired me because like you, I'm very much a loner. I've never had a bunch of friends or a group of women that I hung out with. You know how some people have had friends from childhood through adulthood or from college. Mm -hmm. You know, they have their girls from college. I've never had that. So when Billy was having these luncheons and she was encouraging everybody to do it, and I said, you know what? I will have an event. It's not that I don't know women. It's not that I don't love the women I know because I am part of different organizations of women. And I I had a tea party with a group of women and and it was really fun. And I'm always thinking I should do that again. I should do it again because I I love being in the company of women, especially Mm -hmm. women who inspire me. Mm-hmm. And women who are empowered, women who are about their business. So I really love that. Yeah, 
I can see that. I can see how that benefits so many people because I remember when Billy invited me to one, I didn't understand it till I made it there that this is something she does just for the people that are close in her life for that year. She says it may not be the same person every year, but I remember getting teary-eyed when I read a card. So I believe it's just the smallest things to say, I see you. And I'm going to do a shameless plug. Um, <laughs> I do host workshops for women in their homes and I believe that's a good way to be in a private setting and encourage each other well since you mentioned your workshop why don't you tell us a little bit more about what happens at these workshops what are they all about well the purpose of the workshop is to alleviate some stress from busy women so they can take care of themselves and also be real with themselves while doing so. It's hosted by whoever would like to do it. One person decides to do it. I do some readings from my book. We do some communication activities. We do some art activities. I even have percussions. It's very involved, but it's also very thought-provoking. Oh, that sounds like fun. Maybe I'll host a workshop, gather up a few women who inspire me, who I admire. The same, Like the same ladies that were at my tea party. They're women who I admire, and they, they inspire me. Mm. That would be fun. Cool, cool. Now, Phyllis, why don't you tell us about some of the experiences you've had with sisterhood well just like the movie the good the bad and the ugly (laughs) i've had some wonderful experiences with women where they basically saved my job or they were there for me during one of the lowest parts of my life i remember one of my friends during a incident that happened in my life i told her i just want to be left alone and she's kind of sad she was like Girl, I will come over there. You don't tell me that um, when you're going through something. So that really showed me the bond of having somebody close in your life. So that was one thing I would say. It wasn't good. It was great because I felt even during my lowest, lowest vibration or when I'm not the happiest, somebody still loves me. Uh, I guess mines are all associated with points of my life for example I also had an experience in the Marine Corps that was traumatic and despite that traumatic event I had people that I call me hermosa which in Spanish means my sister it was a mixed minorities but during that part of my life I remember feeling as if they twisted the knife because I I was trying to heal from something and they were gossiping about it. And other people were coming up to me asking me about this incident. So it was so embarrassing and it made me feel so guarded. This was in my early 20s. So it made me feel so guarded towards women. So I've had some great incidents. I've had some bad incidents, but I don't associate the incidents with the women 
all together. I associate with the person, and I believe that's why it's important to use discernment when connecting with people. So it's safe to say, as a woman navigating the world of sisterhood, that there will be good experiences and there will be bad experiences. There will be encouraging experiences, empowering experiences, and what other type of experiences? Soothing, nourishing, uplifting, adventurous. I think about all the different stuff because I didn't. We didn't mention this in sisterhood, but one of my when I thought of my sisterhood, the vision that came to my mind. One person was my mom, and my mom and I go on adventures once a year. So it's so much experiences that you'll have in life with your sisterhood. There are things that women understand about each other that men just don't. There are conversations. Yeah. Like my husband, he's my he's my very best friend, but there are some things that he just can't relate to. When I'm having mm-hmm. hot flashes in the middle of the night and then suddenly become freezing cold, he doesn't get it. But mm-hmm. my sister friends who are experiencing or have experienced what I'm experiencing, they get it. And we can have this conversation and sometimes we can even laugh about it. So there are just certain things that men just don't get that women do. So I think that sisterhood is so important. And as we were talking about the different experiences of sisterhood, it sounds to me that the good totally outweighs the bad. So for women Mm. who say, I don't do women, Mm. or I can't get along with women, I say, that's not the truth. Expand your mindset, open your heart, And let sisterhood enter in. And I'm going to add on that to a little bit. Make sure you aren't being shaped to be a quote unquote pick me woman. And we're a podcast that's focusing on black people. But just like whoever has the power, sometimes people try to appease them. So I believe sometimes we try to appease men and in doing that we're we become a pick me woman where i don't have no female friends or pick your baby dad is better where we're slashing other women to be uplifted by men wow i'm glad you said that because i was thinking what in the world is a pick me woman Look, I don't wear makeup and no stretch marks and all this stuff where you don't have to blow out somebody else's candle to make your light shine. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that is probably the most powerful thing ever. You don't have to blow out somebody else's candle to make your light shine. There's enough for all of us. There's enough Mm -hmm. of everything for all of us. So... Don't look down on someone uh, on someone else while you're trying to be uplifted. Just keep your head up and let the next woman keep her head up too. We can all do it together. Mm. Let's celebrate each other and stop tearing tearing each other down. 
And sometimes I think it begins early. It begins at home. Sometimes parents teach their daughters not to be trustworthy of other mm-hmm. women or, or young girls, or they teach them to be competitive with girls at a young age or to compare themselves. Oh, look how beautiful her hair. And maybe sometimes it's even unconscious just mm-hmm. saying things, making this child feel like they, they aren't good enough. So I think as parents, we have to do, and even as aunts and mm-hmm. women in, who are around children, that we have to encourage our young girls and let them know that they are good enough, that they don't have to be like the next person. Why can't you be like this person? Or so-and-so got all A's. Mm. And you brought, mm-hmm. look what you did. And again, like I said, sometimes it's, it's unconscious. So we yeah, I can to, see that. We, we have to do better. Yeah, we do. We do. And I believe we are. I'm starting to see a lot more stuff in the community about women's empowerment and things of that nature. There are a lot of women's empowerment events that happen. And I think Mm -hmm. that is something that we can do to continue to grow and share what we learn at these events with one another. Mm -hmm. Yep, that's absolutely true. Do you have anything else on this topic, Phyllis? No, I do not have anything else. But one thing I would like to say is just, oh, that means I have something else. <laughs> if I say, um, but I would say don't compete and don't compare. Realize you're part of the community. Outstanding. And Latricia, do you have a challenge for our listening audience? Hmm. I would challenge all of the women to embrace sisterhood. If you are, stop looking and making judgments about your sisters without getting to know them. Take Mm. the time and say hello. Hold your head up. Look eye to eye at someone and just say hello and see what Mm. happens from that conversation. If you've had a tiff with another woman, make up with her. Life is short. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And That's the last so thing I would challenge women to do is to go to an event filled with other women. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a meetup event or a church event or whatever kind of event. Where there are other women, if you've had in your mind, I am not going there. There are too many women there. Go anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I agree so much. So, I hope you enjoyed this portion. But now, I want you guys to open your hearts, ears, and minds for our next section. Spread the good news. Not rumors. Not rubbish. Living the principles. Our good news bullets this day all incorporate health. 
Two GA siblings created an innovative app for teens dealing with mental issues. The app is called Not Okay, and the siblings are Hannah and Charlie of Georgia. Let's remember, sometimes it's okay to say you're not okay. There's also some changes in the health field thanks to a Black-owned urgent care. Wow. Mm-hmm. This Black-owned urgent care is in Brooklyn, and they are making waves in helping others. They're also multilingual professionals. So we have mental health, we have an urgent care, and last but not least, we have a Black woman appointed California's first ever Surgeon General. Dr. Nadine Harris is 43 years old. She has been awarded this position. What I like most about her experience is she has been on the Pediatric National Advisory. This is what we have in Spread the Good News. There are many people making waves in different forms of health. Wonderful. Thank you, Phyllis. Latricia, do you have anything else for our audience today? Yes, I do. Today I have another soul snack. Our soul snack comes from another African proverb, and it says, A single bracelet does not jingle. It sure doesn't. <laughs> That's right. It takes a village. Mm-hmm. Make some noise. Make some noise. <laughs> Let's remember to come together in unity, the bond of sisterhood. Mm-hmm. Well, that's our show for today, Phyllis. Thanks for listening. Until next time, expand your minds and impact your community. Thanks for listening to Living the Principles Podcast. Be sure to visit us at livingtheprinciples365.com to access the show and join in on the conversations.